When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Welcome to News from the Krabby Coffee Shop with your host, Don McLean, from Jason and Alexis in the Morning on My Talk 1071, Garage Logic's newsman, Mr. FYI, John Height, and the crabbiest guy in the coffee shop, Kenny Olson. September 11th, 2001, was marked by the largest foreign attack on U.S. soil in modern history when some 3,000 lives were lost. The impact was widespread and enduring, a shared national experience unlike any since uh, John F. Kennedy was murdered by a couple of different people in Dallas, Texas. Uh, A 2021 Pew uh, Pew survey found that 93% of those aged 30 and older could remember exactly what they were doing when they learned that the first one plane and then a second had crashed into the World Trade Center towers. Some 238 mothers in Minneapolis or in Minnesota would never forget what they were doing that day, bringing children into a country that had been forever changed. Welcome to News from the Krabby Coffee Shop. So this was a piece that ran in the Star Tribune on, oh, hell if I know, over the weekend sometime. Uh, it was about September 11th, but it was about babies, people born on September 11th, 2001, and what they've gone through their entire life. And I started reading this kind of, yeah, a bit cynical, like, oh, Christ, now what? You know what I mean? Yeah, sure, but certainly. it turned out to be really, really fascinating because of the way that they were treated and they're still treated for having birthdays on September 11th and being born in 2001. Uh, there's really? one one guy. Yeah, I, I never would have guessed. Here's uh, one gal, Aurora Foxen. Uh, she has negative feelings about uh, her birthday, and it began, uh, be, began causing distress to her almost immediately. Her grandparents, listen to this. Her grandparents told her mother they believed the association was a sign from God that their granddaughter would be a bad child leading to their estrangement. They're estranged from their family because this mom gave birth on September 11th. I'm going to guess those grandparents were already slightly off their rocker. Oh, my God. Um she remembers being about seven year old, seven years old when her brother, teenage brother, started in on her. And this is the typical stuff that uh, siblings would say to each other. Yes. Your, your birthday is special, uh, but he would never go into detail about it. Uh, then he would tell her, never get on a plane when you're older in case it's deja vu. That sounds like a stupid kid thing to say. Um, she actually lives in Alexandria. Even with her 21st birthday coming up, She's not very excited when she celebrates her birthday. Uh, she she says, I hear a lot of people in my head call me a terrorist baby, saying I have links wow. with Osama bin Laden. What? Uh, bullies told her she could never be a, a, a pilot or even get on a plane because she'd end up stealing it and crashing it into another building. And that wasn't even the worst of it uh, because I was born right as the second tower was falling. There were really, really mean people that were like, I hope your mom was thinking about all the people that were dying while she was giving birth to you, Uh, and on and on and on. She's even contemplated suicide. Another guy, uh, Joseph Fallenbullen, was also taunted about his birthday. Uh, The kids said he was uh, an Osama baby. Wow. 
just for being born That's, yeah. on September 11, 2001. Uh, his uh, childhood birthdays always had a somber tone uh, with people rem- reminiscing about the attacks and his school uh, observing a moment of silence. That's got to be pretty weird, your happy day, and you've got to sit there and endure a moment of silence for, for, for this, but that's the way it is. He said since the events of September 11th didn't affect him directly, he does feel a strong link to the attacks, but he avoids celebrating his birthday on the actual day and actually uh, waits for a weekend. And, and this story goes on and um, talks about somebody else and somebody who's actually turned it into a positive. Uh, her name is Kayla Doyle. She uses it to remind herself that a lot of people go through a lot of different stuff and that you should be respectful of that and take time to listen. She says, uh, I think it has helped me, made me want to listen to people and hear their stories because it affected everybody. That Amen. Day. That's beautiful right there. So, yeah, that's a nice piece. But this got me to, to thinking about uh, our birthdays and what famous things have happened on uh, our birthdays. Now, I know you were looking through your birthday, John, and you, you sh- yeah. share some famous birthdays with I other do. people. I do, but there's no events that, well, there's a few events, but none really earth-shattering or or whatever. Uh, however, uh, I'm proud, and I've known this all my life for some reason, probably because I'm a history goofball. Uh, ben Franklin was born on January 17th. Really? Are we just talking the year the year I was born, or we're talking any January I think 17th, the day. Right? Yeah, yeah the day. I actually went with the, the day. Yeah. So the actual day. When was he born? 17, uh, let me guess, 1711. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> so you just want the year I was born on my birthday. Well, it doesn't, no, it doesn't matter. No. It doesn't. No. I'm confused. I, I think we're just looking for anything that maybe happened on or happens on our birthday. John, yeah. I, I'm looking for anything that kills 45 yeah. minutes. John. I see. I understand. <laughs> well, here, l- l- listen to this list. If, if you, I got Ben Franklin. These are all my birthday, okay? Ben yeah. Franklin. Muhammad Ali. Wow. Uh, Steve Earle. Wow. James, James Earl Jones, so you know where I got my great radio voice. <laughs> I don't Sorry. think that had anything to do with it. Yeah, well, yeah. Andy Kaufman, Betty White, Betty Jim White, White. Betty wow, White, Jim Carrey, Al Capone, and on the very same day I was born, the same year and everything, Steve Harvey. Oh, John. <laughs> I'm your man, Steve Harvey. <laughs> That's me. Welcome like to Family suits. Feud, everybody. It's the worst. Uh, Steve Harvey imitation I've ever heard. You guys oh, ever? I'm not, not trying to really imitate him. You ever heard Steve Harvey tell his stories about Stevie Wonder not being blind? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I have heard those stories. I'm not finding anybody uh, famous here. I'm looking all the way through the '60s, but uh, there's one event, April 9th, okay, 1965. The two generals met shortly after noon on April 9th, 1865, oh, in the home yeah. of Wilmer McLean in the village of Appomattox Courthouse, yeah. Virginia. Yeah. Lee surrendered the Army of the Northern Virginia to uh, Ulysses S. Grant, the general-in-chief of all United States forces. End of the Civil War. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's uh, cool, yes. Kurt Cobain was found dead on April 8th, the day before my birthday. I always, <laughs> uh, I always held that against him. Ross, what about your birthday? You got any, anybody famous? I was just scanning it. I was more looking at events, which I'll get to in a second. I know I celebrate a birthday because I've been told numerous times with Gandhi. That's kind of cool. Okay. Huh. And uh, Sting from the police. <laughs> and I, oh, Kelly Ripa. There's oh. one for you. Kelly oh. Uh, Phil Kessel, the hockey player. Trying to find Sting. I know I've seen this one. Are you... Sting in 1951. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. He's that old? Yeah, he's old. Really? It is seven. Well, that makes sense. Police were around in the late 70s. Uh, Ripa, uh, how old are you? Uh, are you older than her? <laughs> I am older by 16 years, but I still have faith that one day she'll hyphenate her last Wait. name to Ripa Brendel. No, Wait I'm younger minute. than her by 16 years. Sorry. Uh, okay, thank you. That was. I, 
I saw a weird Kelly Ripa story the other day. Did you guys see this? Uh. And I didn't read it because I was afraid to, but apparently she had some sort of issue with, with her female parts, and she passed out during sex with her husband. And this was not the inquiry. <laughs> this was online. Well, so online, of course, so we can believe it. So is it possible it was just that good? So <laughs> what? Uh, Thanks, what John. Now I better look. What what is a what is a guy to do if you're oh, no, no. you're almost no. to home plate? I think I would call the police, making sure I didn't kill her. That's what I you, would do. And and then you see the catcher is passed out. Do you stop at third, or do you go in and score a run? What do you do there? That's a good question. That's a that's a moral. Uh, and, and, yeah. then, and I think then the, the answer is pretty easy, Kenny. I think it's pretty easy. You finish. No. You don't. Uh, and then the other thing is. She's passed out. Yeah. She can't consent. She's passed out. But consent has already been given. I mean, that's not a reoccurring. Well, yeah. Consent isn't reoccurring, is it? I mean, I, I don't know. I like think we every, do... every two minutes, do you stop and say, uh, should I stop? I mean, do I just give up at this point? I think what, we what would I need do? a lawyer here. This is by far the most risky and pushing the envelope we've you ever been trying, on this show. You keep trying, Ross. You keep trying, Ross. <laughs> no, You'll get I home just, eventually. Just to prove I didn't make this up, it's in her new memoir, which comes out it late is. September. Uh, apparently, she had large cysts on her ovaries, and she passed out. Ooh, well, that's not very sexy, John. When she woke, well, when she woke up, she was in the emergency room, and she says her husband, who got her ready to take to the hospital, dressed her up. She says, "quote Like a dime store prostitute," and <laughs> took her to the hospital. So. <laughs> a really short skirt on and some kind of tube top thing. <laughs> yeah, a lot of red lipstick. Yeah. Um, so- Circling back to make this all about me, Tom Petty tipped out of the canoe on my birthday. See, okay, famous deaths. Yep. Yeah, so there you go, Tom Petty. But so I've told you guys before, I think on this pod too, about I don't love flying. I do because it's convenient, but in a perfect world, I would never fly. Right. So I found under events here, and maybe this is just in the air on October 2nd. So in 2019, a privately owned Boeing B-17 Flying Fortress conducting a living history expedition flight crashes shortly after takeoff from Windsor Locks, Connecticut. That killed seven. Okay, so keep in mind there's that one. And then we have another one that I have to scroll back and find. It's somewhere on here. Uh, 1990? Zomian Airlines Flight 8301 is hijacked and lands at some place I can't pronounce, so I won't, where it crashes into two other airliners on the ground, killing 132. Wow. Maybe that explains why I don't love airplanes. On my birthday, two separate incidents that killed a total of 139 people. Uh, I wasn't paying attention because I just <laughs> I just discovered that Carl Perkins was born on my birthday in 1932. Nice. But that's the only one. I, I'm not coming up with any. Oh, Dennis Quaid. Oh, big deal. The Quaidathon. Well, at least it's not Randy. <laughs> uh, uh, Jeff Zucker. Oh, Jeff Zucker and I. We were born on the same day in 1965. Now I'm de- depressed. Who's Jeff look, Zucker? I'm confused. Look what he's. Look oh my what he's, gosh. I found uh, another aircraft that crashed on my birthday. Look what he's accomplished, and I haven't done anything. You really don't know who Jeff Zucker is? Is that the CNN guy? Why don't you just Google Jeff Zucker so I don't have to explain it to you? On October 2nd, 1970, an aircraft carrying the Wichita State University football team administrators oh, and supporters yeah. crashed in Colorado. That killed 31. Wow. That's not to be, that's different from the Marshall Plane incident, which was also, Correct. what, early, mid-70s? Yep. Don't know. President of CNN, Jeff Zucker, so, so I wasn't. Oh, Phil Oaks. Uh, how would Phil I know Oaks. Phil, Phil Oaks? He died on, he this was, day, uh, on my he birthday. He was a, a folk singer, and he was very troubled. Uh, he killed himself? He, uh, he did. He wrote, uh, he had a song called I Ain't Marching Anymore, an anti-war uh, song in the 60s that was quite popular. 
and uh, was said to be an influence on a lot of guys, including Dylan. So, hmm. but he was troubled. He was a troubled guy. Uh, Willie Stargell passed away on my birthday, two thousand one. Hmm. Does that count Pops. for anything? Pops. They, I yeah. think so. Uh, DMX born? No, died. Is DMX dead? He must be. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he's dead. dead. Yeah. He's he In passed away. Twenty twenty one, as did oh Prince Philip and DMX died on the same day. Oh, yeah. as did somebody called Nikki Graham. I'd have to look this up, but occasionally you see this. You know what I think is just one of the weirdest random things that you'll ever see is when they announce that somebody passed away and they were born on the same date and passed away on the same date. Yeah. You guys ever see that? Like to me, that would be. A, oh, they just made yeah. it. They just that'd, made it. That'd be a worthy goal. That'd be fun to do, wouldn't it? Yeah, your birth date yes. and your death date's yeah. the same. Makes it easier on the person engraving the headstone, I guess. Yeah. Anyway, I, I guess the moral of uh, the story is don't don't make fun of people that were born on. Yeah, I actually think th- September uh, so, 11th, 2001. I, I'm on. not naive to know that that stuff or to believe that that wouldn't happen. But how dumb is that? That's just a chance and luck thing. That's all. Right. That, that's all that it is. And you, you know what I would think if I saw somebody submit a job application to me or tell me when their birthday was? I'll be honest. If you told me your birthday was 9-11-2001, my instant reaction in my head would probably be, oh. And then I would completely forget about it and never care about it. But I would think about it for a couple split seconds, but it wouldn't matter. It doesn't make any difference. But it wouldn't cause you to fire them or not no, hire them. No, not <laughs> right. at all. Right. So, yeah, and, and if it, that's your birthday, by, by all means, go ahead and feel guilty because it is absolutely and, 100% your fault that those planes flew I, into that building <laughs> on September 1st. I remember back, this Jeez. was a conversation literally back around that time in 2001, is what do you do with all these people who are born on this date? And mainly the topic was for the birthday reason, Kenny. And I've always said, look, you want to celebrate your birthday on 9-11? Go ahead. You want to celebrate your birthday on 9-18 or 9-5 or October 10th? Go ahead. Celebrate it whenever you want. Your birthday's still your birthday, but you can have your party or celebration whenever you want. Really? Yeah. Uh, How do you feel about hotels not acknowledging the 13th floor or the 600, room 666? How do you feel about those? Those two uh, items. Is you that legit? Sometimes when you get on an elevator, there's no 13th yeah, there's floor. No to, 13, yeah. huh. Even though there's, you know, a 13th floor there, it's not acknowledged. I'm, uh, I'm, huh. I don't think I'm that superstitious. I don't think it would bother me if there was one. If I was, had, if I had room 1310, that's fine. I wouldn't. Care. I don't believe in superstitions because they're bad luck. I was staying at a, um, a hotel. Thanks, John. You're welcome. Yeah, I didn't laugh because it wasn't funny. <laughs> um, He's hard to please, isn't he, Ross? Especially to today. He's what, very surly today. What, yeah, what is the casino? Um, Treasure Island. So I'm staying at Treasure Island this spring. There's an, a, an event down there, and uh, I'm on the sixth floor, and I'm in room 668, right? Yeah. Right next to me should be room 666, correct? Yep. yep. But... What they had called that room was room 665B. Ah, <laughs> I love that. Clever. I like very that. Very clever. That stuff just very has clever. never really weirded me out. I, I don't get weirded why, out by stuff Why would like they that. do that? Would people want to steal the room signs or something? Mm, probably, yeah. Yeah, but a lot of people would be too there's, nervous or superstitious they, they wouldn't want to stay there i think there's also sick people as we all know that if somebody knows there's a room 666 there and they're they're one uh they're they're one with satan so to speak they yeah. might try and room they, they, yeah, yeah just, they might try and get that room and, and do stuff there so you know you know it'd be fun if you got room 666 and then you recorded some stuff in advance and it was all you know <laughs> that kind of stuff <laughs> played it really loud Let's send Dawn when she's back to every hotel in the seven county metro that has a room six 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 and see what it yields. Uh, an unhappy Dawn is what that'll yield. <laughs> yeah, um, I did find a, a car thing before we move on here on my day. Yeah, nineteen forty nine, the first Volkswagen Beetle arrived in the U.S. Hitler's car finally made it, it over Hit- here. Hitler's car. Now, I did not know that Ferdinand Porsche. 
yeah. designed those. Did you? Yeah. You probably did. Right? I did. Yeah. For for Hitler. Yeah, because you know, uh, because I'm a guy, John. You know, I, I'm a male. <laughs> Ouch. Oh, yeah, yeah. Man. That's something that hurt, guys. That hurts me. Right guys here, just know that. That's one of those things right guys here, know. That, that but hurts. I'm I'm glad you made it about cars because um, talking about missing numbers, Dalton, Minnesota, the exit from eastbound at 94 to Dalton, Minnesota just happens to be exit 69 okay the mile marker symbol 69 you know the little green tiny little signs that was evidently ripped off mindot put another blank green sign on there and then they went to the hardware store and they got those little stick-on numbers that you put on your mailbox, <laughs> sure. and they put six nine on there. So nobody, I'm assuming it's so nobody would steal it. But, well, but yeah, it's a nice mile marker. Yeah, uh, guys, I gotta point this out again. I just found another horrific plane crash on my birthday. I'm not what? making this up. <laughs> October 2nd is a bad... Don't board a plane on October 2nd. This is good to know. Where was it? Was it, it a real one? This, a big one? Oh, I mean? this was a big one, too. In 1996, Aero Peru Flight 603 <laughs> crashes into the ocean near Peru, killing 70 people. My, my birthday has accounted for Yikes. over 200 deaths on aircraft. And that's coming up pretty soon here. <laughs> yeah, it's You're coming just up a, in a few weeks. A yeah. couple of weeks around the corner. Wow, Ross. Don't, if you got a plane on October 2nd, now this is where I will be a little superstitious. Change it to the 1st or 3rd. What you should do now is Google when, what day have most of the plane, how would I phrase that? What, what day? day do most plane crashes occur? Yeah. What? This is real live show prep here, people, during the, <laughs> during the show. What day do most plane crashes what time of day i think this is going to be tough to find wouldn't you think take off or arrival where yeah um yeah this is actually i always find this interesting most accidents and fatalities take place during the departure takeoff and climb or arrival those are oddly the times I feel the safest in the airplane. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's when I feel the worst. Yeah. There's oh. no way this thing's getting off the ground, and there's no way we're not augering in. You put me 30,000 feet in the air, that's when I'm the most nervous. Do plane? Here's a question. Do plane crashes happen every day? NTSB statistics from 2013 reveal that in contrast to the safety record of commercial airplanes, small private planes... Oh, yeah. Average Never. five crashes a day. Never. I'm not getting on those. Can Accounting you... for nearly 500 deaths. Can you remember about wow. this time last year, we had two small planes in Minnesota land on roads? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I want nothing to do with it. I had yeah. to fly, had to, quote unquote, a corporate plane for a past employer, which was great. But also, I was a little weirded out getting on that thing because it only sat 12 people. But it was, it was a jet. Don't get me wrong. It was a jet. But Wait a it, minute. The Minneapolis School Board has their own No, plan? going way back. Oh. When I took my radio sabbatical and spent three years outside of the business. Oh. Um, I, I would always feel weirded out by that. But at least then I could look up front to the cockpit and see the two pilots. So if they were okay, I was okay. I don't want to fly in a plane where the the option for driving it is right in my lap. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, yeah, I, I yeah. don't want to be side by side or right behind the pilot with a stick or a steering wheel right there. I, I those, have no business. Those little planes go down all the time, and I think we've talked about it. There's a great podcast called Missing in Alaska that yeah. talks about a couple of uh, congressmen that went right. down in the 1970s in a plane. Right, And it talks about the state of Alaska, their plane fatalities are through the roof because it's the main mode of transportation. And, and they never found those two guys, right? No, never. You've got to be, are you prepared to eat the flesh of John Height? <laughs> because if that's we're what you're flying together. <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that's what you have to be prepared for Who, before you even get on that plane. Was it the it, Andes Mountains where those people ate each other? Remember that one? Yeah, I remember that story. Yeah, that was, that was not a good one. No, that was Donner Pass. I, uh, well, yeah, they're there too, but there was a plane that went down. But that was a passenger plane, wasn't it, Ross? Yeah, that was a legit plane. Yeah. 
And some people lived, some died, and ended up having to eat. Uh, you know what? Parts of, uh, well, what part would you start with? Thigh, right? Thigh, yeah, thigh, yeah. totally. <laughs> Our arm. And if it's somebody like me, midsection, there's there's plenty back, in there. Back fat, a lot of back oh, there's, fat. Oh, yeah. there's plenty in here. Um, Ross I had the uh, the chance. Sorry, Kenny. Uh, when I w- I was a photographer right out of college, a news photographer. Yeah. So I had the chance for several small plane flights. Yeah. Uh, so, Ross, tell me how you do with this one. Uh, flying from Bismarck, North Dakota in a four-seater, me with all my camera equipment beside me in the back, and the pilot in front and the reporter in the front, and we had to fly to Devil's Lake, North Dakota, where we landed in an airstrip made out of dirt <laughs> on a field, a farm field. And how it was you do with that probably one? in the middle of a blizzard, too, right? No, it, it, was, it was summer. <laughs> it was summer. Now, I did fly in a helicopter during a blizzard, a National Guard helicopter, which was, those were the two most interesting flights I had. Well, no, I had one other one, too, <laughs> Civil Air Patrol plane, two-seater, me and another guy, and we were shooting a story about gliders, and he would go into these dives to follow the glider, and the plane yeah. would die. And he'd, sure. go, he'd, he'd laugh. He was, you know, 60 years old laughing at me because yeah. I'm scared as hell. Yeah. And then he'd start it back up. You know, oh, don't worry. We're fine. Just make sure you get your video. Uh, but, mm. So those flights probably you wouldn't have done. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I no. wouldn't do them now. I'd be, I'd be I, scared as hell. Now. I had a chance no to take one of these flights very similar to the one that I talked about where it, it, it crashed. It was like a 1945 or it's like a B-52 bomber or something. And, you know, they, <laughs> they still have these things, right? And they, they'll, they'll do like these showcase flights for people. I had a chance to do this probably 10 years ago working for another radio company in town. And I was signed up to do it. And it got canceled because something that weather was too uh, inclement. And I remember yep. being happy that I didn't have to hop on that plane. My first flight was on a DC three. That's a tail dragger. That was, and uh, I still remember it. It was frightening. Um, and I, I don't like uh, flying Ross. How would you like? Oh to get, yeah. Woof. How would you like to get? You don't like little airplanes. <laughs> How would you like to get into a little airplane that on the side it says experimental? <laughs> Anything that has the prop propeller, I want nothing to do with. But, like that's, but oh. I mean, you're already you're already tempting fate when you're getting into one of these so, little things. So now you're going to get into some guy's crazy experiment? Very quick story. Oh, but on, it's got a parachute on the back. Don't worry. On, on that trip you guys claim that I made up, which maybe I did. Five people went down to Dallas, and two of us took a later flight, like a 12 o'clock flight. Three of us took a 7 o'clock flight, okay? The 12 o'clock flight ended up being delayed until 1 o'clock. The two people, myself and somebody else on that plane, we still took off before the people who were supposed to take off at 7 a.m. because there was a problem with their plane. So I walk over and talk with these people as they're going through the chaos of a five, six-hour delay. And at one point, the gate agent picks up the phone and says, okay, uh, here's the thing. The call light is going off every 10 seconds. That is tied into the plane's uh, major electrical system. So we had to get a part from another plane, and we believe that it's fixed, but this has never happened before. Oh! <laughs> so maintenance in Atlanta needs to review it before we could take oh. off. And oh. I look at this group of people, including one of the uh, gentlemen who I'm was getting on this trip off right with me. There. I'm he, getting off. Yeah, oh, he literally looks at me and repeats what the gate agent says. He just goes, it has never happened before. <laughs> I wouldn't get on that plane either. No way. <laughs> but... It, it wasn't the plane you were on. No, it was a couple other coworkers, though. It was not the plane that I Did was on. Did they give them the option of, of getting off? No, I think they all were stuck on that plane. So they've got to, it, it, when they say something like that out loud, they need to have the door open and, he, and, and tell everybody, you can exit now. He literally said it has never happened before. And I'm sure it has. Which but translates, well, what's that mean? Translated, it means. We think we've fixed it. But we don't but know. We, but we don't know. And the only way to find out is to fire this bitch up and all, let's take to the skies. All I could think of is imagine maintenance in Atlanta for Delta getting this report, looking at it, and you know it's four or five guys at a table, and they're all going, oh, we don't know if that'll fix the problem. Yeah, well, why are you asking me? I'm on my lunch break. We don't know if that'll work. Jeez. Wow.
It's uh, never happened. I've before. landed on grass strips before, John. It's not that yeah. wasn't the scary part. No, it, not it, at all. Actually. No, it, it's the the you can touch both sides of the airplane with both hands. That yes. kind of thing. The, well, in that in that plane I took, the four seater was small, and Ross said he'd never get in one with a propeller. Obviously, it was just a propeller in the front. Yeah, uh, and the pilot was somewhat famous. I just looked him up again. Uh, he died in 2010, but he was famous in the Bismarck area and famous in North Dakota and around the world, apparently. I just saw a story from the L.A. Times from 1990 about him. So huh. Bob Watts was his name. Yeah. And just, uh, you know, just what you'd expect. Just like, rah, 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 you know, get in my plane. Let's go. <laughs> right. Fly out of here. Right. So, but yeah, oh, those... was, you're right. It wasn't scary landing in the field at all. But no. the plane was tiny. I mean, no. It it all depends on who's flying it. Is he one of these jackasses? Like, uh, my buddy's dad Kermit decides um, to do a stall. Kermit. Yeah, Kermit yeah. decides to do a yeah. stall, and a, a stall is where you just mm-hmm. fly straight up until the engine can't take it anymore, and it yeah. shuts down, and then the plane kills and it levels off. And then that engine fires up again. Yeah, two quick things, and then we can move off this if you want to. So Kenny and John, my brother-in-law, took some like beginning flying lessons, and he says one of the first things they do is the instructor goes up there and literally stalls the plane and then gets the plane back and looks at my brother-in-law and says, okay, if something happens to me between now and when we land, at least you know how to keep this thing in the air. What the hell? So that's terrifying. Yeah. You don't say that to anybody. Yeah, but that does yeah. that does happen though. There's a Netflix documentary where a guy had to do that because the p- real pilot died on the plane. Oh well, that's Ro- Ross. Then, that is covered extensively in a piece of. It's a movie, but it's it's almost a piece of journalism. It's so close to the truth. The movie is called "It's a Mad, 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 Mad World," <laughs> and they actually have to little Mickey Rooney and uh, Buddy Hackett. <laughs> They have to actually land that damn plane, which I believe might actually be a DC three. I'll I'll look it up. I know nothing about classic, this. I, I should. Classic Ross. Yeah. Classic. Uh, and the other thing is, years ago, I fly standby with friends to a, uh, a Twins and Brewers game. I would have been in like junior high or maybe early high school because it was our neighbor up the street or in the yeah in the neighborhood. Maybe it was down the street. I can't remember. Uh, so we hop on this plane, and it's literally to Milwaukee. So it's what forty minutes. Yeah. So we're flying, and the pilot does come over the loudspeaker or whatever, the intercom, and says, hey, if you did hear a bang, uh, we've, uh, we appear to be down an engine, but we're going to be okay. We'll start our descent you know, to Milwaukee here shortly or whatever. And I, asked, I, I forgot what I asked my buddy, but my buddy literally goes, it's okay if the second engine goes, we'll glide the rest of the way to Milwaukee. Yeah, don't worry. That's not a big deal. One other plane note, one of my great things when I drive to North Dakota in summer is seeing those crop dusters. Guys that, oh yes. God, it's I always, uh, when they're in the neighborhood, I always go find them and uh, park oh, yeah. and watch them. I have, I have literally hours of crop, crop dusting footage on my <laughs> That's phone. That's awesome. Yeah. We've talked guys, about this. And I'm super afraid of flying and I wouldn't want to ride in one of those but doesn't that look like it could be possibly oh, the funnest job on the planet just it looks amazing i almost i worry that i'm going to run into a car watching them when i'm on yeah. the highway well, what? We, we've talked about this uh, over this past summer i didn't realize one was crop dusting and i saw it off in the distance yeah. i literally for <laughs> thought about he three, was crashing yes he was yes crashing. Yeah. and then i didn't see it come back up and i remember thinking oh my this is like i've thought about this i i honestly believe i'm going to witness a plane crash one day right and I, uh, for a good five seconds, I thought that was it. I'm like, oh my, I, I got to grab my phone. I think right. this thing just went down. Right. Then out of nowhere, it comes back Flat up. Just but, shooting straight up. Yeah. I, yeah. I see them fly under power lines. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, think about this, though. That sort of adrenaline rush that those guys must get, they can't get that anywhere else. Every time I envision this, though, Kenny, right? I also think you have to be incredibly high or on drugs of some sorts but, to do what they're doing. But, Ross, what I'm saying is, is, look, once you've done this and you do this for a living, what else is there? Everything else has just got to be boring. I mean, even if, like, you're, say, a race car driver, it, it can't even compare to this, where the ground is coming right at you. 
and you've got to get under that wire and then release the chemicals and then fly at a certain <laughs> level. And then there's a tree line at the end of the field, so you got to pull back and, and miss all those trees. And then they go up, and they as they're shooting up, they're turning and tur- turning back down. Mm-hmm. Come on. That's insane. That looks yeah. like a lot of fun. Yeah. I wouldn't want to do it, but it looks like a blast. <laughs> I w- if I had the balls, I would. I would absolutely yeah. do it. But I, I, don't even, I don't even like flying in those little... I just want to point out, you didn't think we could kill another show without Dawn, and we've went like 35 <laughs> minutes talking about my fear of planes and epic plane disasters. So good work. We did it. Um, and you can find a lot of footage on YouTube. Um, where they put in like a GoPro in there, so you can actually see what really? it's like. Yeah, cool. yeah, it is. It's really, really cool. It's pretty sweet. Huh. You guys ever uh, view the Flight Channel on YouTube? Mm, this is the channel that ripped off Joe Souchere uh, and my idea, right? I- explain to me what the Flight yeah, Channel. Yeah, they is. they basically recreate with. In great definition, plane disasters. Oh no, this isn't our yeah. idea. No, no. you'd it, uh, trust me. I I love it and I'm horrified by it. But every time they release a new video, I watch it. No, Joe and I had this idea back when we were doing radio. Whenever the Channel Five helicopter would go up, they always had video cam rolling. Yeah, and we could always watch it on one of the inner office TV channels. It was always uh, Channel uh, I don't remember thirty nine whatever. And we'd sit, and it would be so distracting that we wouldn't be able to get anything done. We're just watching. How could a, you? A, a pilot just fly around, and we're, oh, I know, I know where. Yeah, that's uh, four ninety four and one hundred, whatever. So we go upstairs with this brilliant idea because we we fleshed this out. We thought this was brilliant. We're going to put helicopters and airplanes up all over the world. We're going to film them, and we're just going to throw that footage on TV, and people will watch it. And uh, we got the, you know, okay, dum-dums. You can go back down go back down to radio where you belong. But since then, there has been a, the creation of a TV show, and I think it's on the Smithsonian, uh, Smithsonian Channel, where that's what they do. They go up with drones and small planes and helicopters, and they fly over um, famous areas, battlefields, um, parks, national parks, et cetera, et cetera, and give you a little history on what you're looking at. And it's a really cool channel, and it's huh. a fun show to watch. Yeah. Aerial America? Yeah, Aerial that's Aerial America? It. Yeah, it? yeah. So those guys are getting rich off, uh, off our brilliant idea. Um, would you guys, what, what do you think of these little, um, like, powered gliders? Would you ever get in, like, a little one-seater? Because yeah. there, there was a, a guy flying one uh, over Fergus Falls a couple of days ago, but it was the the parachute kind. Yeah. So there's a parachute way up there. Yeah. Then there's the cords. Then there's this little buggy he's sitting in with a prop right behind him. That seems like it would it would land softly if the engine died, doesn't it? Or any of those little any of those well, little they don't, they don't glider have things? Do they the gliders? Um, the, what's the thing where you stand on it? Is that what you're right? Where you stand on it and he's almost powering it with both hands? Have you seen that one? Is that kind of what you're talking about, Ken? In the air? Yeah, no. it's like a jet pack. No, you sit in this little, little go-kart thing. With oh, a big, like a, yep. yeah, like a miniature plane go-kart. Right, with a, with a yeah. motor right behind your head and, and the, the propeller... And then a parachute is Look, what keeps you up in the air. I really don't even want to get in a hot air balloon, so I wouldn't do that. Oh, I would never do that. No. I'd be afraid I'd tip out of the bucket in a hot air balloon. And then shortly after that, you'd tip, tip, out, of the, tip out of the canoe. canoe. <laughs> right. My, uh, my significant other would like me to do that, and I keep putting it off. Keep, you know, tip, nah, on, maybe, tip out of the, the canoe? <laughs> yeah, she no, wants you to tip in, out of the canoe. Right, right in a balloon. Uh, you, know, uh, you know, a famous person who died in, in a crash of one of those, right? Of the gliders? No. John Denver. That John was, Denver, I thought, I was, thought that was that was an experimental aircraft. Well, he made his own planes. It was a glider, though. Uh, and there is a horror. And I, I'm sorry to laugh because I, you shouldn't laugh at anybody's death. And I like John Denver, but there's a. I love his TV, omelet. There's a TV no TV God, movie about John you. Denver, and uh, who's Rob Lowe's little brother? Uh, I don't know. One of one of Rob Lowe's brothers plays John Denver, 
And at the end, they don't show huh. the crash or anything. It's a, it, like his life story. Yeah. And they show him in this craft, and he's got this bleep-eaten grin on his face, flying his experimental plane, and that's the end of the movie while one of his songs is playing. So it's him, and this one Country Road, no, take me home. I think it's actually Calypso or one of those. And it, it, this won't work for a podcast, but here's what it looks like. It's him going. Yeah. He looks, <laughs> that looks like God. a very, very high John Denver to me. Oh, well, he was, you know, he was. He hung out with. Highness. He uh, yeah, hung out with Hunter do, Thompson. Do we have, and I don't even like using the word famous for this, but do we have big plane crashes in Minnesota history? I can think of two. Payne Stewart's plane, Paul Wellstone's plane. Yeah. Well, then I guess no, three. We, we, the Iwatana Airport had a pretty big one, what, 10, 15 years ago, where uh, uh, they lost maybe seven to ten people from a company? Really? Also, yeah. Uh, we had, and I know this only because I was looking for a story for Mr. Souchere on GL. I don't know if you were there that day, Kenny, but uh, there was a crash in 1956, I believe it was, a fighter jet crashed in a neighborhood near the airport where the Navy planes right. land, right. and it killed, I think it said, eight people, uh, three or four mm-hmm. kids that were right. playing in the neighborhood, and yep. burned down a couple of houses. So that, you know, it was pretty serious. And then the state, the state fair incident, Kenny, which I already forgot about, but you talked about it back at the oh, fair yeah. a few weeks ago. So the guy that owned that plane, he had borrowed, or he had sold it to the pilot, and the pilot had not made um, a payment on it yet. So that guy, the owner of that airplane that crashed, and the the pilot and the uh, stunt lady, they died. Um, he had two of those planes, uh, um, and one was an exact replica. And he ended up flying that thing over the state fair for years and years and years and years. And I think his son actually mm-hmm. got a hold of it. And that plane became very, very famous as the, I don't know, I guess you'd call it the sister plane, to the one that augured in there on uh, Larpenter. Okay. Yeah. Um, And I'm surprised we actually didn't hear from the sun because there's been a bunch of stories about that. Um, Ross, I want to change gears here because I want another story from you before we go away. But first, I want to talk about DK Mags on Old 8 in New Brighton uh, and Monticello Pond and Gun, a couple of wonderful shops that GLers and uh, people have really fallen in love with. If you've already been to DK Mags, you probably already know that. The best little gun shop around. And Monticello Pawn and Gun, they offer everything in the way of firearms and accessories that DK Mags does, but they have so much more there. All the goodies you normally find at a pawn shop. Uh, Everything you're looking for. And if you're a hunter or a sports shooter or need anything for home or self-defense, both of these stores, DK Mags, and Monticello Pawn and Gun are the best source for everything you need. Competitive prices, sound advice, the most friendly, knowledgeable service I've ever encountered. No snobbery at DK Mags or um, Monticello Pawn and Gun. Uh, that's at 1219 Highway 25, just south of 95, uh, or excuse me, 94 up in Monticello. And you can check them both out, dkmags.com. Ross, I am sorry for your loss, my friend. I don't know what I lost, but thank you. We'll get to your story in a second. Okay. But a grieving woman is planning on spending $3,500 ah. traveling 7,000 miles to Hawaii to spread the ashes of her beloved pet Spud, a dead hamster. <laughs> now... Is she making this trip solely to spread the ashes, or is she just going on vacation and using this as an opportunity? You know what I mean? Uh, Lisa was uh, devastated by the death of the three-year-old small rodent in March of last year during the 2020 lockdown. She created... Now, this gives you a little insight into uh, where she's at. During the lockdown, she created cardboard versions of famous locations such as London, Paris, coronation street for spud to visit to mark his passing she bought a ticket to honolulu in october to spread his ashes on a real holiday i'm gonna go ahead and guess there she doesn't have a significant other the hawaii set was always spud's favorite he loved the sand (laughs) especially given uh, at the time it was winter and we were all surrounded by snow at the time 
Really, Lisa? You really think Spud, maybe he liked the sand because he went potty in it. Um, Lisa started making sets for her pet as a lockdown hobby when the pandemic started six months after Spud joined the family. She handcrafted every element using cardboard and dolls, um, some even featuring hamster-themed artwork. Uh Uh-huh. Nobody loves a hamster that much. I truly believe that. How far is too far when it comes to your animals? Because we're always seeing and hearing stories. Uh, And didn't we just have one last week? Or maybe we didn't actually get to it about a crazy lady and her pets and her reptiles and tattoos. It had something to do with tattoos or something on her forehead. When when little Lainey tips out of the canoe, it's going to be absolutely awful and devastating and i'm gonna hate every second of it but it won't be anything like this laney who is laney again is Uh, that that's your uh that's a relative of yours somebody very close to you somebody you shared a house with as a youngster laney lou is my 14 year old sweet feline friend oh so it's not your grandma or somebody you go to visit on holidays or send cards to or my kitty it's your kitty cat um, so you wouldn't go to Hawaii for Laney Lou? No, but I do have a hamster story for you if you want to hear it. Of course we do. <laughs> that sounds, you know, mildly disgusting, but it, actually the story is disgusting. Did, so- <laughs> before you can even start, tell me, I don't understand the attraction of hamsters, mice. Thank you. Yep. No, I don't. Something pot, pot pigs. Oh, pot guinea pot pigs. pigs. Uh, uh, guinea pigs. What about uh, ferrets? Rats. Ferrets, mink, a oh. uh, raccoon, um, muskrat. I think raccoons are cute. Beaver. I mean, they're dirty animals, but they're no, cute. Raccoon. That's the devil's animal. There's nothing cute about a raccoon. All those faces, all hunch, hunched up and creepy looking with the mask on and no. little slimy little fingers <laughs> that they're gonna. Oh, gross! Give me your food. Give me your food. They're that's loaded with fleas and lice. And yeah, but they're cute. Oh, they're gross. <laughs> Explain to me w- w- the thought you you had in getting the hamster. Well, so how did the hamster make seventh it grade, leaving seventh grade into eighth grade, um, junior high school? Um, very very lonely. There, yeah, McGuire <laughs> Junior High School. We had a uh, seventh grade science class, and I forgot what the type of science it was, but the science teacher had a bunch of animals. And at the end of the year, she always needed people to take some home to watch them and keep them around, uh, live through the summer to get back to school. Oh, okay. So I signed up. I talked to Papa Brendel, said, can I take home something? Yeah, sure, whatever, because Papa Brendel's ultimate softy when it comes to his kids. So somehow I wind up with what I think is going to be one hamster. Well, turns out it's two hamsters, but it's okay. The science teacher has assured me... That they're, I can't remember what she said. They were either two male hamsters or two female hamsters, okay? Well, turns out that was a lie. Well, is that Maury? Does it Maury do that? That was a lie. Uh, the hamsters, one had to be male, one had to be female, because we had baby hamsters. Well, now, how do you know the, the canning of the apricots didn't happen <laughs> in class? Were there other hamsters uh, there, well, or I, were there only two? Well, I think I can... Fir- well, there were more hamsters, but I do think I can explain to you how the canning of said apricots yeah. must have been after I got them. Right. I don't remember the time frame here. I really don't. But all of a sudden, one day... I didn't even realize that Mama was getting a little pudgy, but one day I realized, oh, there's a lot of, like, baby mice-looking things in the cage. She had babies. Gross. Okay? So, a few days later, you know, the... Kids are growing up. They're starting to get fur. Okay, great. A few days after that, I walk in to maybe change food, change water. I don't know. Do a diaper diaper change. Yeah, exactly. Do a diaper change of the kids, and I look down, and I'm like, oh, sad. One of the babies looked like it's it's probably died. It looks like it's just kind of burrowed in, so I kind of prod it. Oh, no, the baby didn't die. It was murdered. It's missing its head. Oh, its head is gone. Oh. And then I look around. Another one. Uh, just a headless hamster. Yeah. And then the head separated. Yeah. The hamsters were eating their baby's heads off. Something they, about the brain must be a delicacy. It's, so what we come to find out, and I still have been scarred my entire life. I haven't looked this up. 
either the mom or the dad kills the babies if you don't remove one of them. And I think it's if you don't remove the dad, the mother somehow thinks she's protecting the babies by killing them. Really? It was awful. But here's the best part. So I go to Papa Brendel and imagine I'm like 11 or 12, however old you are in seventh grade going into eighth grade. Pops, the hamsters are killing each other. One's head is just laying in there. Oh, no, you're looking at it wrong. It probably just died. 30 seconds later. Oh, my God! <laughs> when, when, he, when he looks in there and sees the heads of hamsters and babies, it was it was awful. I, I remember, I don't know what we did. I think all the babies were dead at this point. We swooped up mom and father hamster. Yeah. And we literally drove them to Petco, and I basically said, take them. And really? I re- and I returned no hamsters to the teacher when we Well, started you know what they grade. did with them at Petco, right? They probably murdered them? Yeah, right down the toilet they yeah, went. Probably. Uh, might, have, might have given them to the snakes, too. Yeah, yeah. I just, uh, so we're learning a lot about me on this pod. I have issues with planes, and it turns out because planes always crash on my birthday. I believe I've told you guys the story about having mice in my car. Yeah. And now I have yeah. the hamsters that were eating each other. Um. I find a lot of dead animals out in the woods, Ross, with their heads gone. Do you think it's the like you said is the brain a delicacy? I don't know, but a lot of animals do that. Cats will, uh, when they yeah. bring you a a mouse, the the head will be gone. Um, I, I found muskrats uh, out in the woods with no head on. One time, a hawk was flying over. It had a muskrat in its I don't know talons, and I yelled at it, "Hey!" and it dropped it. Uh, it must no, have frightened no, it. No head? <laughs> yeah, no head. Yeah. The I hawk? called you once about two years ago, remember? And I said, Kenny, Mr. Outdoorsman, I'm a city kid. Why yeah. is there a rabbit in my front yard with no head? Yeah. Just a rabbit body. S- like something that. ate it. Have you yeah. ever heard a rabbit get murdered by a coyote? Oh. It's something you won't forget. The worst noises. Yeah, yeah, it's something you won't yeah. forget. Yeah. yeah. Uh, hmm. Ross, those little babies didn't scream and cry when mom and dad were... Having them for uh, lunch. I I really. didn't I didn't notice anything. I really didn't. I just walked in one day, and that's when it was the oh my gosh, the hamsters' heads are falling he, off. You know the conversation around the the living room there when you get up. You've been sitting there for a while with your roommate, and you get up and you start walking away, and you get the where are you going? What, what are you doing? Are you going to the fridge? And she hears or going to the kitchen. She hears a cupboard open. What 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 are you gonna do? Oh, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna eat the head off a of little Billy here. <laughs> if that goes down good, I think I'm gonna have a little bit of Sally, and then uh, maybe if we can get you knocked up, we'll have a big Thanksgiving dinner coming up this fall. Maybe. Thanks for listening to news from the Krabby Coffee Shop. New episodes drop every week wherever you get your podcast.